again to New Covenant Church's online service. We're so delighted that you chose to worship with us digitally. We're going to go into God's Word this morning. I'm excited for the Word that He has because I think it's powerful for our lives. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have the ability to speak to our hearts and to our lives right directly into us no matter where we are. So God, we invite You right now today in this moment to speak to our hearts as we open Your Word. May we be transformed and may heaven come to earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the word master has a lot of different meanings in the English language. Uh, I know that my grandmother really confused me growing up when she would write me letters at six, seven, eight years old to Master Joshua Hamlin. I was confused because master has so many different meanings. And in my understanding, that meant that I was some kind of like boss in somebody's life. And especially to my grandma, that was awkward. By the way, happy Mother's Day and shout out to all the mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, and spiritual mothers. I know today is an unusual day because we're not celebrating like we normally do. In fact, Mother's Day is one of the most, if not the most, attended church service after maybe Easter and Christmas. And so we just want to say we love you and we honor you. We're looking forward to being together again when we can honor you in person. But right now, know that our hearts are with you and we do not take for granted what you do for us. So I was confused by my grandmother and what she called me because master has so many different meanings. It can mean like an original in the sense of a master key or a master recording. It can be uh, used in the context of ultimate control, like a master switch. And unfortunately, in our culture and in our time and in our history, it's been used about relationships, a master and slave relationship. Let me just say this while somebody's listening to me. There is no place for slavery or racism within the kingdom of God. We are called to be people who value every human life. But master can also mean to overcome. I've mastered my drug addiction, or it can be a skills development. I'm taking a master class, or I have mastered the art of doing something. Or maybe it is in terms of responsibility. Sometimes people are called the master of the house or the master of the hounds. They have responsibility for some area that they oversee. But this morning, I want to talk about what it means to master something or be the master of something. Have you ever mastered an activity? Have you ever mastered a skill? Let me ask you this. How did you do it? Maybe you're watching this right now with your family members, and you could take a minute and just share what you've mastered. Or maybe you think back through your lives of a, a skill that you want to learn, and you, you, you can count the steps or the costs of what it took to get to that place of mastery. How long did it take you? Was it five years or a year? Maybe you poured yourself into something for a couple of months and really felt like you got into a place of mastery there. How did you know that you mastered it? When did somebody recognize the fact? When did you recognize or when did somebody else recognize the fact that you became a master in some skill? I want to talk this morning about God as master, not necessarily in the sense of him being in charge of us, although he is, and he's the Lord of our lives, and that's a very powerful place for him to be, but as God, uh, as the master of something. God, God, the Lord, is master of all things, and we know that, of all the universe, but Scripture also calls him the master of something, and I want to look at this this morning because I think it has a powerful message for you and for me. Scripture calls God the master of the breakthrough. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. Here's what it said. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Baal-perazim, which literally means the Lord who burst through. The New King James Version notes it literally as master 
of breakthroughs. And I want to talk to you this morning about what it means for God to be the master of breakthroughs, because God is the master of breakthrough. God is the master of breakthroughs, and God is willing and able right now to burst through the enemies that you're seeing in your life like a raging flood. Not just a little trickle, not a minor victory here or there, but the God who breaks through in such a way that victory is inevitable. It's seen by everybody. What we're reading in this scripture in chapter 5, verse 20 of 2 Samuel, is that God is willing to break through in your life. The enemies that you're seeing, those things that keep you from what God has planned for you, those things that come against the kingdom of God in your life, God is breaking through. Maybe it's temptation in your life. God is bringing you breakthrough. Maybe it's a mindset. God is bringing you breakthrough. Maybe it's an attack that you or your family or your business is under or the kingdom of God in some way in your life is under attack. God is bringing you to a moment of breakthrough right now. Maybe it's depression. Maybe uh, in the midst of staying home or in the midst of things not going the way they have in the past, or maybe just it's been two months of, of an irregular schedule, or maybe it's just been a lot, of a, po- a lot of pasta. I don't know what it is, but this is a time when a lot of people are feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders. God is bringing breakthrough into depression. Or maybe it's opposition. Maybe you've been stepping out. Maybe this is a new time for you to walk into the new things of God. God is bringing breakthrough in oppression. I believe that this is a season of breakthrough for every life. And I believe every time the enemy rises up, every time we see the attack of the enemy in one of these ways in our lives, it's not just an opportunity to see what the enemy is doing, but it's an opportunity to meet and encounter and experience the Lord of the breakthrough, the God who breaks through into our lives and through our lives to bring his kingdom's purposes into our lives. And I believe that this is a unique time for that in the earth. When we see the work of the enemy all around, when evidence of that work is before us all of the time, we as the people of God can trust that we serve a God who knows us, we serve a God who is faithful to us, we serve a God who will walk us through, but we also serve a God who is the God, the master of breakthroughs. And I want to talk about that this morning. Let's read 2 Samuel chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 17 through 25, and this is going to give us some context of what we read in verse 20. Let's read that together. It says this, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, and so he went to the stronghold. And the Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. And so David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Belperazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who burst through. Verse 21, the Philistines had abandoned their idols there, and so David and his men confiscated them. But after a while, the Philistines returned again and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. And again, David asked the Lord what to do. Do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. Instead, circle around behind and attacked near the poplar trees. And when you hear the sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, be on alert. That will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. And so David did what the Lord commanded. He struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. What we read here is important for us to understand the context of God of the breakthrough. But let's just jump a couple verses earlier because the context of the entire scripture helps us understand what we're reading here. In verse uh, 12 of that very same chapter, chapter 5, we read this. 
David has just become king of all of Israel. And David has just captured Jerusalem, which belonged to the Jebusites, and has made it his capital city. And here's what it says, that the king uh, of Tyre sent messengers to David and, and provided materials for David to build the, the city and his palace. And in verse 12, it says this. It says, David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. See, here's the truth. Breakthrough in our lives is very personal, but it's not just for, the, for ourselves. When God comes to break through into our lives, it is always for the sake of his kingdom and for the sake of the people around us who are part of his kingdom, who we have responsibility for, who God has brought into our lives. See, the personal breakthrough that we experience is part of the breakthrough that God is bringing into many lives to bring his kingdom forward. So understand, as we're talking about breakthrough this morning, it is for you personally, but it's also for those around you. What God does in you, he wants to do through you, and as he does it through you, he builds his kingdom and establishes his kingdom around you. So get ready as God breaks through for you, know that he's going to break through for others as well. We know that, but here's something we also need to know, because right then later in in chapter 5, it says this. It says, after moving in verse 13 to Hebron, to Jerusalem, David married more concubines and wives, and they had more sons and daughters. Now, this is incredibly remarkable because David, in the midst of victory, just jumped in to being disobedient to the Lord. He married more wives and more concubines in direct violation to the word of the Lord. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17, you can look it up for yourself if you want to. There's a, there's a command that when the people of Israel go into the land and they have a king for themselves, God is anticipating what they'll want to do. And he says to the king, don't take many wives because they're going to take your heart away from the Lord your God. So understand this, that breakthrough is not earned by good behavior. David's about to experience a major breakthrough in his life personally, for him as a king, and for the nation of Israel. But the breakthrough is not something that he earned. The breakthrough isn't something that that he got because he did and listened only to the word of the Lord. Breakthrough is God's grace on our lives. Breakthrough sometimes comes when we don't deserve it. In fact, we never deserve the breakthrough of the Lord, but God is gracious and good and wants to bring that into our lives. So let's jump into the scripture that we looked at. Let's start in verse 17. Here's what it says. It said, the Philistines heard that David was anointed a king. See, here's the thing. was anointed as king of all Israel. Here's the thing. Most of the time, our enemies are okay when we're not living on purpose for the Lord. The enemies of the kingdom of Israel, the Philistines, were okay when there was a civil war between David and Saul. They were fine while they were fighting each other because the kingdom of God wasn't advancing through the Israelites because they were attacking each other. But when the Philistines heard that all of Israel had united under King David, that the the kingdom of God was being advanced, they grew scared. They were not uh, willing to let that go. And so when we are willing to step into the kingdom of God, into the purposes of God, we can expect opposition. Verse 17 says this, So they mobilized all their forces to capture him. Listen, the enemy doesn't just want to attack you. He wants to snare you. He wants to trick you into being confined. He wants to put shackles on your life. He wants to tie you up and disable you from operating in the kingdom of God. Sometimes the snare is worse than outright defeat because our energy is used in trying to break free. 
I don't know if you've ever been in that place of your life where you feel like something has got a hold on you. Maybe it's financial debt. Maybe it's a, a relationship that you ought not to be in. Maybe it's a job that you're working and it's just not working for you and you feel absolutely ensnared by it. You, you can identify with this, what it feels like to have all your energy going to just trying to break free from those bonds. I know sometimes when we're defeated, the enemy doesn't touch us. Sometimes when he's got us all snared up, he just kind of leaves us alone there to wiggle and spend all of our time ensnared. And that's what the enemy was trying to do to David. They weren't just trying to defeat him. They were trying to capture him, to strangle out the work of God in their lives. But here's the thing. In verse 17, it also says this. David was told what was going on, and he went into his stronghold. Here's the thing. When, when the enemy comes in, oftentimes we go to our place of greatest strength. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. When, when we're under attack, when the enemy's raging around us, we should gather together. We should get together with like-minded believers. We should get into the Word of God and into the presence of God and hear what God has to say. But here's the thing. If we live in the stronghold and stay there only, the kingdom of God can't advance. David went back to what he knew as a place of safety. Many commentators believe that he went back to a cave that he occupied when Saul was attacking him, when Saul was searching him out, when Saul was trying to defeat him. He went back to that place where he knew him and his mighty men could be safe. But at some point, God has called us out in the midst of the attack to step out of that place of safety and go do what God has asked us to do. But here's also what's important for us to understand. That place of safety is that place where we can hear from the Lord. David goes to a stronghold, and David does something amazing because the Philistines are spread all over the place. Verse 18, the Philistines arrived, and they spread out in the valley of the Rephaim. That valley is known as the valley of giants. That's what that word means. And so what we're reading here is God taking the, the, the valley of the giants, a, a valley that's east of Jerusalem, that, that runs from Jerusalem to the coastal plains, basically a highway, uh, an ancient highway at that point even, that connected the coastal plains with the hills of, of Judea and with Jerusalem specifically. It was the way that the enemy was going to attack. And it was the valley of the giants. Here's what we need to understand. In the midst of God breaking through, he takes what is the valley of the giants, maybe even like David wrote, the valley of the shadow of death, and he makes it the valley of the God of the breakthrough. God changes where what we're going through. God changes our circumstance so that when we look at circumstances or we look back at what we've been through, what was the valley of giants, what was the valley of the shadow of death, what is a place that is intimidating becomes a place of victory because of what God did in that place. But here's the thing. When they occupied that valley, they didn't just occupy the valley. They occupied Bethlehem. They occupied David's hometown. They occupied David's sense of security. This is the place where he had come from. This is David's inheritance. This is David's hometown. David's home turf was threatened. We know this from uh, another uh, rendering of this account in First Chronicles chapter 11, that Bethlehem was occupied at the same time. You can read about it. It's that story where David longs for the waters of his own hometown, and three of his mighty men break through the enemy lines into the place that was being held by the enemy and get water from the well just outside the gates of Bethlehem, and they bring it back to David. And David says, I can't, I cannot drink this. I'm going to pour it out as an offering to the Lord. That's another sermon for another time. It's an amazing thing, but understand, this wasn't just a place where David's like, oh, Bethlehem's taken. David longed to have access to his inheritance. David longed to have access and wanted access to the place that had launched him. And David was understood that Bethlehem was precious. Now, here's what we need to understand. Bethlehem is the, uh, the word for house of bread. That's what Bethlehem means. Now, I believe that it's not only uh, symbolic for the house of bread, for the word of the Lord, because 
uh, in Scripture, the word of the Lord is called bread. And Bethlehem was the place that the, that, that the bread of life, Jesus Christ, came from. It's so significant, but it's also significant to this church. If you're a member of New Covenant or you've been around New Covenant for a while, you may have heard the word of the Lord that he's spoken to us about being a house of bread for all of the region. There was a prophetic vision maybe 10 or 12 years ago that God gave to one of our elders that has been a powerful word for us even in this time when God was going to make New Covenant a place of fresh bread of his word, both physically and spiritually, going out to multitudes of people, just loaf after loaf after loaf, supernatural, su- supernatural production of the word of God to many. And we're experiencing that right now in two ways. One, in the natural. God has given us the gift and the ability to be able to serve our neighbors with food. If you have needs, the food pantry operates every Thursday, and I believe uh, twice a month also we have a uh, food express that comes. Now, if you want information on that, you can go on the website. You can check it out, download our app, get the information about when those dates and times are and how you can be a part of it. God has gifted us to be able to not just serve our regular clients, but to be able to serve the community at large. And we're gifted and blessed by that. But here's the other thing. God is also using this time to make New Covenant a place as a church, as a body, to send the word out where it's never gone before. Some of you may be watching this before and you've never attended New Covenant Live, but you have an opportunity to hear the word of God for your life. We believe that God is fulfilling the prophetic word over New Covenant, that this will become a house of bread. It was a house of bread for David. And often when the enemy comes, he's trying to cut us off from the godly inheritance that he has given, God has promised for us. We have a a prophetic word for New Covenant. You have a word over your family. You have a word over your life. There is something that God has placed you in the earth to do, and it's God's inheritance for you. But the enemy's going to come and not just try to bog you down. He's going to try to rob and steal that most precious place, that place of anointing for you, that place of calling in your life. The enemy's trying to cut you off from that, and he'll often pick a fight with you in the most precious place because he knows that if he can control that, you'll get discouraged in the rest. But David wasn't discouraged. David, in that place of stronghold, asked the Lord, what do you want to do? Now, see, understand this. In the earlier years, the king, or sorry, in earlier years, King Saul had inquired of the Lord, and at the end of his reign, he wasn't hearing from him. So it could have been David's practice to say, well, the Lord's not speaking to his kings like this, but David understood and knew that his strength and his source was in the word of the Lord. And so David sought the word of the Lord, and unlike Saul, who wasn't able to hear it, David heard what God had to say. Saul wasn't willing to listen, and so he didn't hear. Here's my question to every person that's watching this. Maybe you're having a hard time hearing the word of the Lord for you right now. What was the last thing God said to you? Are you willing to hear what God says and obey? Are you willing to ask him maybe even some tough questions and not hear the answer that you want to hear, but hear the answer of the word of the Lord? What the Lord says to you is way more powerful than what you imagine for your life. So I encourage you right now to dedicate yourselves. God is not done speaking. God is speaking and promised his word to his people by his Holy Spirit. If you will ask him, he'll speak to your heart. He'll give you something to understand, something about his kingdom, a principle, an instruction, Uh, the word of the Lord for you. Ask him what he wants because he will speak to you because this is the key to breakthrough. If we're going to walk in breakthrough, if we're going to live with and see the God of the breakthrough in whatever circumstance, whatever enemy that we're facing right now, it's going to be as we inquire of the Lord and hear his voice and put his word into practice. David asked two specific questions. I think it's interesting. He said, should I go out and fight them? And he said, and will you hand them over to me? And he received two very specific answers. And that's interesting, too, because oftentimes we just ask the Lord, what's the outcome going to be? 
Will you do what I want you to do in the midst of this? But David was willing to say, do you want me to go out and fight? And will you hand them over to me? What, what if God had said, I want you to go out and fight, but you're not going to have it your way? Are we still willing to hear the voice of the Lord when he says, go and fight, and we don't see the outcome? See, that's what faith looks like. God called Abraham to a land he had never seen. And when Abraham said, would you tell me where we're going? He said, I'm taking you to a land that I'll show you. I'll take you where I want you to go. Now, we often have uh, an understanding of God's goodness and promises because we know he's always being good to us, and we can trust him in the midst of that. But maybe that's exactly the point. When we walk and step out in faith, we won't see it all, but we know that God will be there. We can ask him, do you want me to engage in this fight? Do you want me to go and take territory for your kingdom? And he will say yes. And we could say, is it going to turn out this way? Oftentimes we'll hear yes, but sometimes maybe we'll hear no. And that's okay. We can still go out and fight when the word of the Lord calls us into that place. And so David goes out and he does it. And I think it's really interesting that he says this. In verse 20, he says, the Lord did it. When he sees the defeat of the Philistines, he says, the Lord did it. He recognized it was God's breakthrough. Now, understand, it was God's breakthrough through him. He, uh, in 1 Corinthians, or, or sorry, 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11, it says this, the Lord did it, and he used me. He used me to do it. That's a, another account of this very same thing recorded, where David says, the Lord did it, and he used me. See, God wants to answer his, your prayers God wants to advance his kingdom in your life. God wants to be the God of the breakthrough, but it's not just the God of the breakthrough who does all the work. He does it in and through his people. God has placed you in the earth and called you here now at this time to walk with him. God will use you. It says this, so David and his troops went up to the place and they defeated the Philistines. And in that place, the Philistines abandoned their idols. What does that mean? What the Philistines were trying to do to David to capture him and make his God less, God did to the Philistines. They captured the idols there. They abandoned their idols there. This is language that's powerful that isn't just used in this account, but it's used later in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 21. It's in reference to God's judgment of his people. He's going to sweep away all the lies, all of the lies that his people have believed. In that scripture in Isaiah, God is saying, you have made a, a, a covenant with death. You've made a covenant with lies. And, and, and you've tried to avoid death by making, uh, believing these lies, by engaging with the enemy, by cooperating with what he's doing in your life. It's kind of that lie that sometimes we believe where the enemy says, listen, if you don't engage with me, I'll leave you alone. If you just, uh, uh, just live a life that isn't super engaged with God, maybe a little bit engaged, maybe kind of lukewarm, I'll leave you alone. But the minute that you try to do what God's asked you to do, I'm coming at you and I'm going to destroy you. So just value your life and value the experience and, and, and live for now and let it, let's be comfortable. God says he's coming in, he's going to bring judgment to that. It says this, uh, Isaiah says in verse 28, or chapter 28, verse 21, the Lord will come as he did against the Philistines at Mount Perizim, against the Amorites at Gibeon. He will come and do a strange thing. He'll come and do an unusual deed. He says, I'm going to break through into your life. See, God is about breaking through every lie. And so you might be listening to this this morning saying, listen, uh, I, I want to see the God of the breakthrough, but you don't understand how I've destroyed my life. I want to believe that this God is, that God is breaking through into my life, but, but you don't understand what I've done that's caused this. Listen, God is willing, even when we're disobedient, to bring us into his kingdom and break through. God is willing, even when we have destroyed it, even when we've made covenants with things that are destroying his work in our lives, to break through into our lives. 
And in verse 21, it says David's men confiscated those idols. David did what the, in the Lord what the Philistines wanted to do to him. He captured and destroyed the political and military and spiritual power of the enemy. He exalted God, and it built his kingdom. See, when God breaks through, often our idols are exposed as idols. When God breaks through, we have a choice in that place. See, these were probably family idols. Like, they're the big idols that we worship in temples. They didn't carry them with them, but every one of them had a representation of that idol, a talisman, a lucky charm, if you will, that they carried with them into battle, believing that those idols would protect them. And in that place, they abandoned them. They dropped them there. And so David was able to capture them. When God breaks through, he gives us an opportunity to abandon our idols. Now, we have a choice. We could always pick them up again if we want. But what if in these places where God is breaking through, we realize in our own lives, maybe we're kind of like the Philistines, we, we have depended on something else. When God breaks through, will we drop everything that we've depended on and will we depend on him? Now, God brings a great victory in this place, but here's the truth about breakthrough. Oftentimes, the breakthrough that God does in our lives is for him to advance his kingdom in that time but there's another battle around. Sometimes when we break through, we celebrate and we're victorious. We think, I'm never going to have to touch that again. But in fact, the Philistines came back. Maybe for their idols, maybe it was their pride. Maybe they saw an opportunity to defeat David again. But it says in verse 22 that after a while, the Philistines returned and spread out again across the same valley. Listen, our enemy is smart, but he's not omniscient. Our enemy tends to be up to the same things all the time. If he attacked us before and even saw defeat of his plans, sometimes he's going to come back around because he sees it as a place of weakness. Or he says, hey, I've watched how they responded, and I'm, I'm not that creative. I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to exploit something differently this time. Listen, our enemy is a hunter and a stalker. He doesn't know everything. He's not omniscient, but he does study our patterns. And as the enemy comes in to attack us, it's very important that we understand not to go back to just what we did before. Not be like Moses when God told him to speak to the rock, that we go back and we strike the rock because that's what worked last time. What if we listen to the voice of the Lord in that? Because we serve a creative God. We serve a God who knows the plans that he has for our lives. We serve a God who has the enemy defeated already, and he has the ability to walk us into that freedom. Because God says to, to David, when David asks him again, what should I do? God says, don't do it the same way as you did last time. David asked of the Lord, he was not presumptuous. He didn't just jump right in. He was dependent on the Lord and his current voice to him right in that moment. And he, he skipped to not, will you do it this way and, and should I go out? He just skipped to, what do you want me to do? He was willing to say, God, direct my life. And so God instructed him in verse 24, don't attack straight on. See, just as much as our enemy is not creative, and he's a creature of habit, our God is creative, and he's always filled with strategy. And if we will stop and listen to him, we can walk with him in victory. And it might not look like we've done it before. In fact, oftentimes it doesn't, because our God is in the moment speaking fresh words and fresh energy and fresh life into his people. And so he says to this, listen, you need to understand in verse 24, this will be the sign that the Lord is moving ahead of you. He told David, I'm going to go ahead of you, and here's how you'll know. See, the Lord of the breakthrough is always moving ahead of us, and this is what we need to understand. It's not a, our breakthrough. David recognized it before, and he said in this second time around, it's not going to be that David gets the victory. It's that the God of the breakthrough is moving ahead. This is how you'll know that God is going ahead of you. This is how you'll know that you're walking with him, that you're following him. God is able to speak to our hearts, and he's giving us the signals. He's giving us the word to walk with him. And so verse 25 says that David did what the Lord commanded. 
Breakthrough comes as we continue to walk with him. Breakthrough comes as we give ourselves to the word of the Lord and to putting it into practice. And verse 25 says, they struck down the Philistines from Gibeon to Gezer. It's different this time. It wasn't a victory in the valley. It wasn't a victory that just gave that valley a new name. It was a victory, a total victory. In fact, from, from, from those towns, it looks like David drove them all the way back to the coastal plain. He drove the enemy completely out. Before it was, the enemy fled and scattered all over the place. This time, David pursued. David went after. David, according to the word of the Lord, continued to press the victory until the enemy was completely pushed out of the territory. God is working in our lives to bring full victory in every situation. So let me ask you this. What attacks are you going through right now? How has the enemy risen up in your life? Where is he putting pressure on you? Where is he lying to you? Where is he intimidating you? Where is he forcing you to go into uh, maybe a stronghold where you're, you're, you're concerned about what he's doing? What is he attacking in terms of your legacy and of the place that God has called you to be? Where is he coming at you? Can you see the victory that God has already said? If you can't see the victory, let me encourage you this morning. Go to him. Pray, ask him what he wants you to do, and watch as the Lord of the breakthrough speaks into your life, leads you in that victory, and goes ahead of you to bring victory into your life. But let me ask you this, will you seek the Lord of the breakthrough? Will you seek him not for the breakthrough, but will you seek him because he's the Lord, because he's the master? Will you come to him in every situation, no matter how big it is in your life right now? Will you come to the Lord of the breakthrough? Will you seek him? Because he is the master of the breakthroughs. And he's breaking through in your life. He's breaking through in my life. He's breaking through in the lives of all of his people because he wants to build his kingdom in powerful ways. It's an incredible invitation. And I want to invite you to it right now. Listen, we're going to pray to close out our service today. Again, I want to invite you to like and to share. If this message spoke to your hearts, I guarantee there's somebody else that needs to hear the word of the Lord for them today. And you can be the one that God uses to see that word come into their lives and bring breakthrough maybe into their lives. But I want to pray for you. If you're watching this and you've never surrendered your life to the Lord, you've never made him the master, the Lord of your life, today's an opportunity to do that. I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray right now. Would you pray with me? God, I receive the fact that I need you in my life. You created me. You're the Lord of the universe. And so I surrender my life to you right now. I receive the free gift of salvation that comes through faith in Jesus and what he did for me. I believe that, God, you raised him from the dead. And that because of that, he lives with you, interceding for me. And so I receive that free gift. I walk in that grace that you have, God through Jesus, to be your child. Come and fill my life with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Forgive my sins, wash me clean, and use me for you in Jesus' name. Listen, if you prayed that right now, you have started a relationship with the God of the universe. He broke through into your life, and he's going to continue to bring breakthrough. He's going to bring breakthrough over sin, over uh, sickness, over disease. He is bringing breakthrough into your life and salvation to you right now. not saying it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There's going to be fights ahead, but God is with you. And remember, he's the God of the breakthrough. But let me pray for everybody else right now. If you would, just take a moment. Identify the attack or the attacks that are happening in your life. Identify those places that the enemy is rising up and he's intimidating and threatening your inheritance, threatening the work of God, the kingdom of God in your life, the move of the kingdom in your life. And I want to pray for you. God, we come humbly before you right now in this place of safety, in this place that we have in this stronghold of being your children. And we ask you, first of all, 
to see that our hearts are humbly before you. We trust that you are the God of the breakthrough, that you have purpose and plans for our lives, that you are breaking out. And we don't trust in our own strength. We don't trust in our own cleverness. We don't trust in our own resources. We come before you and we ask you, God, how do you want us to fight? Do you want us to fight and how do you want us to fight? Should we go out and fight the enemy in this place and how do you want us to do it? God, show us what that looks like. Show us how to pray. Show us how to serve. Show us how to love. Show us how to live to see every attack, every work of the enemy, every lie of the enemy defeated in our lives. God, every idol that we have, we pray that you would expose it in this time. That, God, we would see you for who you are and that we could declare in our lives, in our situations, that, you are, that the, the valley of the giants has been turned into the valley of the God who breaks through. Lord, may your kingdom come in power in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just want to encourage you this morning, uh, if you need prayer or would like prayer, just comment prayer, please, on the feed while you're watching, and somebody will get in contact with you and pray with you, uh, hopefully live, not in person, but live digitally. We love you. We believe that God's kingdom is advancing this time. We are praying for you. If there's any way that we can serve you, let us know. May God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Love you. See you next week, 1030 Sunday. God bless.